very nearly eight minutes past seven. Well, yesterday in Dublin, Nicola Sturgeon spoke to the Irish Senate about the options her government's exploring in reaction to the Brexit vote. To guard against the very real possibility that the UK does decide to leave not just the EU but also the single market, we are exploring options that would respect the vote in Scotland and allow us to retain the benefits of the single market, not, of course, instead of free trade across the United Kingdom, but in addition to it. The Scottish Government will publish some proposals uh, before the end of this year, setting out our thinking in further detail. And these proposals will focus on options for Scotland within the United Kingdom. Of course, there is also the option of Scotland considering again the question of becoming an independent country. Well, this morning, a new report from a pro-Europe think tank lays out five possible paths for Scotland and suggests that time is of the essence for the Scottish Government. Well, joining me now in our Edinburgh studio is the author of the uh, Friends of Europe report, Dr Kirsty Hughes, as well as Edinburgh University's EU law lecturer, Tobias Locke. Morning to you both. Morning. Morning. Dr Hughes, first of all, just if, if you can briefly go through these uh, five options. Um, well, I, I think that there's two likely main choices and and one is to leave the eu with the with the uk in in a hard brexit i think that's what we're looking at at the moment and then the other end of the spectrum of options is to have an independence referendum and stay in or rejoin the eu as an independent member state but there is of course an intermediate option as your your quote from nicola sturgeon just now showed and that is could Scotland stay in the single market and in the rest of the the UK? Those those are the main options. But of course, there's also an issue of timing. And if Nicola Sturgeon delays on these decisions, well, first of all, then we're going to be just outside the EU with the rest of the UK. But if there's a late independence referendum, that could actually complicate, slow down and even make more difficult rejoining the EU if, if the Indyref 2 wasn't for another six or seven or eight years even. OK, we'll maybe investigate that timeline in a, in a second. Uh, but Tobias, if, you, if I could ask you just to, for your comments on those options, how feasible do you think it is that Scotland might stay in the EU single market but also stay in the UK? Well, legally it would require some uh, engineering, let's put it like that. I mean, we'd, we'd need to engineer at two levels, at the UK level, first of all, because Scotland currently doesn't have the power simply to sign up to an international agreement such as this. And furthermore, further down the line, Scotland doesn't have the powers to implement all the legislation that is needed in order to comply with the uh, uh, single market rules, say on, on immigration, for instance, would be an ob obvious uh, example. But also we'd need some engineering at the European level. Um, what Nicola Sturgeon is thinking about, I believe, is that Scotland would become a member of the European Economic Area, um, which, is, um, which extends the single market to uh, other countries outside the EU. But the European Economic Area is currently only open to states, to independent states. So it's not open to sub-state entities, so they would need to change their rules in order to allow Scotland in. Is there not something, Tobias Locke, about this Article 127, which, which allows for you to remain within the EEA, even if you leave the EU, unless you give notice? Well, that, that, that would, if, if that is a, a good argument, which I doubt for, for a number of reasons, uh, that, that would only apply to the United Kingdom as a whole. I mean, the United Kingdom is currently a member of the EEA, 
by virtue of being an EU member state, because all EU member states are uh, in the EEA. Now, uh, that there is an academic, it is an academic debate really about whether taking us out of the EU with by triggering Article 50 will also automatically take us out of the EEA or whether that is a separate process. Um, and, and, and that is where Article 127 of that agreement comes in, which allows uh, members to, to withdraw from the EEA. So whether the UK government has to give two notices, in fact, rather than just one. As you say, it's quite recondite by the sound of it. Dr Hughes, just going back to that timeline that you, you started to outline there, why is it essential in your view that the Scottish Government or the Scottish Parliament does something soon? Well, I think d despite the sort of the certain degree of confusion and secrecy around what Theresa May is up to, I think we are, for the moment, the most likely timeline we're looking at is still Article 50 being triggered next March, as Theresa May said, and that would mean two years of talks and the UK out of the EU by 2019, the start of 2019. So I think if the SNP or the Scottish Government were going to go down the independence referendum route, they'd, they'd need to get on with that pretty quickly if they wanted Scotland to have a good chance of staying in or not being outside the EU for very long. If they want Theresa May to take these Scotland in the single market proposals seriously, those need to be out and under debate very soon. They keep being promised, but we, we still haven't seen them yet. So so I, I think we're almost at the stage of a phony war, and, and I think it's going to all start getting an awful lot more real very soon. And if an independence, a second independence referendum isn't called in the near future, when's the next, if you like, available date. Is, is it into the, it's into the 2020s, isn't it? Well, I think, you know, if an independence referendum was called and was won while the two, year, two years of Article 50 talks were going on, that gives you one political setup. If Scotland's already outside the EU um, with the rest of the UK, the, the great repeal bill has happened, so legislation starts diverging between Scotland and the European Union, and, and yes, perhaps there's a general election in, in the UK in 2020, Scottish elections 2021, so if you wait till 2022, 2023, the EU 27 may well have moved on and changed without the UK um, as a member, and I think negotiations could take longer. You might even find that a country like France suddenly decides that for the next decade the EU shouldn't take any new members. So I'm, I'm not saying that's the most likely outcome, but I think obviously there's risks to going soon from, from the pro-independence point of view. There's risks to going late. But I think if you were looking at it from an EU point of view, you'd want to go as soon as possible. Tobias Locke, where do we stand with the legal challenge, which is going to be in the Supreme Court uh, next week? This is... Uh, a government appeal to the High Court decision that uh, the Westminster Parliament has to be involved in the triggering of Article 50. What do you think will happen there? And will it make any difference in the sense that it looks likely that the government could get a vote through Parliament anyway? Well, uh, it's, it's, it's of course difficult to predict how the Supreme Court is going to decide. Uh, the High Court decision is, I would call it, a solid legal decision, but it's not uh, that it can't be challenged uh, on, on, on legal grounds, and I won't bore you with that. Um, what's going to happen if the Supreme Court upholds the High Court decision is that the House of Commons and the House of Lords will need to pass legislation. Um, it's been announced that this will be a one-clause bill, uh, which 
can't be tinkered with very easily in procedural terms, so it'll probably go through fairly quickly. One interesting snag might be that the Scottish government has intervened in the case, or is intervening in the case, and they want to argue that Holyrood uh, will have to have a say as well. And of course, the consent of Holyrood might not be as easily forthcoming. Well, that's a good point. Well made. Thanks very much, Tobias Locke. Uh, from Edinburgh University and Dr Kirsty Hughes uh, from Friends of Europe, whose report is out today. You can find it online, I'm sure.